The true challenge for this host, not really, but it's kind of fun to say anyway, will be transitioning from Hillary Clinton to avocados. But I hold avocados in much higher regard than I do Hillary Clinton, so it won't be a true test. Avocados. Yes, much higher regard because they're kind of banned right now. You didn't know that. No, you didn't know that, but you do now. So, John Durham, we're looking at this John Durham and Hillary Clinton situation. Want to get on the phone conversation at 704-570-1110, 570-1110 here at News Talk 1110-993-WBT. And, and, <laughs> but as I'm looking at this, it rises. I, so I'm watching, and in fact, Ryan had sent one over you know, about Jake Sullivan, and Jake Sullivan is the National Security Advisor, and he told congressional leaders Monday that the United States is considering offering Ukraine up to $1 billion in sovereign loan guarantees to calm market concerns. So what's happened? The Russians have done a magnificent job. Yes, I'll get back to Hillary Clinton. I'm going to tie Jake Sullivan to Hillary Clinton. So Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor, guy way, way up in our government. He's completely compromised right now, but he's the kind of the lead voice in this Ukrainian situation. The Russians are amassing on the border. Putin is doing a magnificent job of, of destabilizing the Ukrainian economy. Again, the Biden administration hasn't really has issued warnings and we you better not, you better not, you better not do this. And Putin's just kind of laughing, saying, I can just conduct military exercises all I want, even moving his fleet into the Baltic there, you know, to control shipping access to Ukraine, disrupting their economy completely. Now their economy's kind of in free fall. All due to just Russian pressure, magnificent Russian pressure. I'm not saying that admiring and agreeing with it. I'm saying is that our government, it, our, this administration, they were terrible dealing with Ukraine when Biden was vice president and the Russians took Crimea. They, they're terrible now. Absolutely just a horrific administration. They're just terrible foreign policy. They're terrible about every policy, but this one's particularly damning. So now, because they've allowed the Russians to disrupt everything, the Ukrainian economy needs to be propped up. So they're, we're get, they're getting loan guarantees. From us. And Jake Sullivan's out there saying, hey, we're going to consider offering them a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Just because it's free money. We can't even secure our own border. We're more worried about the Ukrainians' border. And we should be because it's going to ask. It's, it will escalate. I think. And then I, I and we'll get into what Zelensky has said. But it, it's it's amazing. And it, it should be the ripple effect across the Europeans are doing a horrific job of monitoring their own backyard. The Europeans should be taking the lead on this. Our NATO allies should be taking the lead. But the Biden administration, the Europeans look toward Biden, kind of waiting for him to do something. And he's not really clear about what he wants to do. Anyway, but back to Jake Sullivan, because he also was an advisor to the Hillary Clinton campaign. And he's deep. He is he is right at the waist deep in all of this spying on Trump stuff. And there's going and I think the the Rubicon has been crossed with respect to Jake Sullivan. Meaning, there's no turning back. The next time he steps in front of a microphone, a curious media, and at least there's some remnants of it out there, a curious media is going to ask him about this. Now, he's going to, I, I predict, he's going to try to play this off. I think the Biden administration is going to try to have this, come on, man, approach that they've had, come on, man, to the southern border. Oh, come on, man, to inflation. Oh, come on, man, to China's incursion into Taiwan, to North Korea, to the Iranians. Oh, come on, man. That that whole Biden approach to thing, that's kind of their policy is to just dismiss, you know, hey, you know, a giant alien just landed. And the Biden administration would be like, there's no alien. What are you talking about? Who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? That's the approach this administration had. But Jake Sullivan is caught up in this. It's a serious problem for them, and, and it's going to become more problematic for them moving forward. So when you look through this, Durham's filing 
proves the campaign to undermine Trump went far beyond what many suspected. They didn't just spy on his campaign. They spied on the White House, and they did so by hacking into the federal government's confidential servers and then using what they found to manufacture this Russian collusion crap. And it's got, it must pain them. It must pain not the people involved because they knew it. They knew it all along. There were plenty of people that knew that the Clinton campaign and and all of these folks. Mark Elias, by the way, Mark Elias, who was in court in North Carolina, the guy behind the redistricting lawsuits, the Democrat hack that says he's for fairness but only sues Republican states. He was in the room most likely when all of this was being done. He's one of the most compromised people on the Democrat side. You have people in high-ranking positions in the Democrat machine that completely were part of this conspiracy to create a narrative that wasn't true, that isn't true. Not only is it not true, they hacked into servers at the White House. Again, a treasonous act. That's an act of war. If some other country were to do that, that's an act of war. This is an act. These are the true domestic terrorists. If anyone else, if the White House came out and said, hey, this group packed into the White House servers and they're located in Charlotte, all of us would want them arrested. They hacked into it and used that information, you know, to give to foreign governments or help their own cause, whatever it is. It's illegal. So back to the, the column. The worst part is that our intelligence community took the Clinton campaign's findings, which were either misleading or outright false, according to Durham's investigation, and they ran with them. The FBI, also compromised, launched an investigation into Trump's campaign, and congressional Democrats, also in on the lie, started their own investigation for the sole purpose of making Trump out to be a Russian stooge. In fact, you have to now question whether you're partisan or not. In fact, if you are partisan, you should go back and look at those impeachment proceedings and go, wait a minute, this was all not true. Adam Schiff, history will remember Adam Schiff as a stooge, and the rest of them on that impeachment. It's an, they're absolute buffoons. In light of what's just been exposed, they were buffoons before, but it's even worse now. And there's every indication that they knew that a lot of this was made up. And they went forward with it anyway. They went forward with it anyway. And I'll guarantee you, guarantee you, just imagine if you would. let's Let's just shift our perspective into an alternate universe for a second and say that Hillary Clinton had won and that Trump's team had broken into these servers inside the White House, and the news media ran with that. Do you not think there would be massive cries of treason, massive desire to almost publicly execute the people around Trump? I I mean, the, the gnashing of teeth would be biblical. And right now, this exposure, it's out there, it's documented, it's easy to see, it's easy to read, it's easy to review. Durham is meticulous. If nothing else, he's very meticulous in what he's uncovered and documented. And Democrats, silence. Shh. I mean, you you could go to sleep to the lack of noise being made by the political left on this one. It 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 it's just unbelievable. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And for those of you on the left, other Chad Adams here for Pete Callender. Hoping Pete's having a, a good time in his, his new acquisition in his life. I'll let him discuss that with you when he returns on Wednesday. Now, with us right now, we do have a special guest. Well, special guest. You know why? Because every caller to WBT is a special guest. So, Rick, welcome to the broadcast. How the heck are you today and what's on your mind? Hey, this is Rick, and I appreciate being a special guest. I want to tell you, you're doing a wonderful job uh, 
covering this subject, and I'm as outraged as probably most anybody is. Uh, and the question I want to ask is, uh, what needs to happen politically uh, in November or beyond for the people who have a spot on the White House uh, to be held accountable? Well, you, you, you kind of went jumped into October-November time frame, but I'd say a lot's going to happen between now and then. So uh, uh, the unfortunate reality, if you're a Democrat right now, is one, the issues aren't on your side. They're desperately trying to look for a wag-the-dog situation. I hate to say Ukraine might be something, but nothing they've tried has worked. The southern border stuff, Kamala, no, nothing they try. The inflation is just temporary. It's transitory. Remember that? Transitory. So none of what they've thrown at this would work. And even getting a cat, I mean, and they tried to get a cat, uh, I think it's Willow, and said, well, that's going to help the flagging numbers. And the numbers keep going down, and they're kind of dead cat bouncing, for lack of a better phrase, at the bottom. You can't get much worse than he is. So I think at a certain point, you saw a little bit of the white surrender flag beginning to perk up on Sunday morning. If you happen to watch the Talking head shows, Hillary, I mean, not Hillary Clinton, I confused Nancy Pelosi with Hillary. Did you see that? Anyway, Nancy Pelosi kind of perked up when George, former chief of staff at the White House, Stephanopoulos, you know, having an objective interview, of course, you know, asked Nancy Pelosi about defund the police. And she said that defund the police is not a part of the Democrat Party perspective. She tried to relegate that to a few members of the conference of the Democrat caucus. Now, what's fascinating there is when all of this last year, when 2020, when everything of the looting and burning and rioting was taking place, where was she? Where were the Democrats? They were letting this go right on down the path with saying very little. It's now caught up to them. Uh, ditto for almost every other issue. The southern border issue is not working their way. They thought it was going to subside and people would stop talking about it. This thing with the Clinton campaign, uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign has gone. I mean, she has gone silent on Twitter. The New York Times is right now suffering humiliating embarrassment. Ditto for 60 Minutes. Ditto for CNN. The cacophony of voices, the plethora of perspectives that's going on right now is growing. The Hunter Biden situation has never been dealt with, is not going to go away. The problem is just acting like they can sweep it under the rug is no longer working for them. And when you've got people like Bill Maher and Barry Weiss and all of these others, former lefties, but more and more of them, objective Democrats are asking tough questions. This isn't going away. Well, that's good to hear. Well, it's good. Wait, but that doesn't mean we don't need to stay vigilant on it. What you're doing, calling, talking about it, talking about it with your friends, getting people to get uncomfortable about this, that's important. I don't mean being a bully, and I don't mean being mean, but asking the questions. Why is this not? I mean, another story that I had uh, from the New York Post of everything, of all places, because right now the New York Post, the Washington Examiner, and even the British, the Daily Mail Online, those are, are asking these questions more and more. A lot of local Places like in Boston and Chicago and other places, oddly enough, are starting to ask questions about what the hell went down with this Durham report and who's implicated. The fact that Hillary is quiet and no longer a front runner in less than 72 hours is is showing that it's happening. But the, the, just to make you feel a little better, a surprisingly, this is this is from the New York Post today. A seemingly surprisingly large share of Democrats want to see Hillary Clinton investigated over her possible role in manufacturing dirt to try to tie Donald Trump to the Kremlin. A new poll shows survey conducted by Technometrica Institute of Policy and Politics in New Jersey. Poll, this was before this story broke. Thirteen hundred Americans about the mushrooming investigations. By John Durham, three out of four polled who are following the story said they think it's important prosecutors investigate 
Hillary Clinton for her role in the Russiagate scandal, along with her top advisors. That includes 66% of Democrats. Now, I would say, yeah, that was my reaction when I read the story. I was like, wait a minute, 66% of Democrats. 60, that, that, that to me is a sign that Democrats are in trouble. If, that, if they're looking at Hillary that way, they're looking at Hunter that way, Biden's numbers are in the tank. There's just, they, they have no real comfort right now anywhere on issues, yeah. even environmental and global warming and all that stuff's not working for them. No. No. See? Exactly. So it's, it's just the, the abandonment of common sense. And, and by the way, one thing that, and I hate to say it makes you feel better because I don't know that's going to make you feel better. But Rick, the, the other thing I would say is that when you're looking at this, um, they thought so many things were even the COVID, the Covidian perspective about lockdowns and masking. The more information that comes of it, the harm that masking has done to kids, the more and more the economic devastation that was unnecessary becomes revealed. I think a lot more be- becomes bad for Democrats. So that's that's my two cents worth. How's that? Rick? I guess Rick went away, but I appreciate his call. So, Rick, thank you for being If you want to get on the conversation again, uh, you can call 704-570-1110. Guests always come first. Uh, anyway, about, back to that survey that I mentioned about Hillary Clinton before we get to the break. Three out of four of those polled who are following this story. And this, again, this poll was taken prior to the revelation by John Durham this last week. And by the way, the interesting thing about the revelation on Friday was that it wasn't it wasn't that, that Durham released it as a bombshell to say we're going to die. It was just buried in the the new information were these lines that, that, that astute observers started reading through and say, wait, what the, wait, wait, wait. John Durham is saying in this without hesitation, with absolute confidence that people were involved in spying on the president, the sitting president of the United States. That was buried in this information. It, 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 it became uncovered. Now, he hasn't made any addition, additional comments on it, but it stands on its own, and, and, and surely. And then Hillary Clinton stopped tweeting. Jake Sullivan's going to start facing more questions. People inside the White House will. People around Hillary, Perkins Coie, all of these groups are very nervous right now. People inside are saying they're nervous. Democrats are extremely nervous. They're going to get very quiet. They're going to try to talk about everything but this. Thanks for joining us here. Chad Adams sitting in for Pete Callender. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Call at number 704-570-1110. I know you just heard it on your phone, so I'm going to say it one more time. It's 704-570-1110. So you can do that. Little update from NCDHHS. This is just because in the back of your mind, you know, you, you wonder. And then we're seeing this 40.6. So almost 41% of all new COVID-19 cases in North Carolina in the month of January were to fully vaccinated people. My mother included. In fact, I know at least uh, 14, 15 folks were fully vaccinated folks. 52.2% were to unvaccinated or not fully vaccinated individuals. 7.1% were to people who had prior COVID infections. Already had it once. Decided. Well, they didn't decide. It was decided for them. They got it again. So, interesting. And they didn't break down, by the way, the prior infection. They didn't break that down into whether those were already infected or not. Just a little sidebar there as, as we go into what we, what all of us hope is a post-COVID reality and where we're back. But some people will never return to normal. And I don't mean the ones that are sick. My mother's one of those. My mother's extremely sick right now with this. And it's, and, it's, and it's a disaster. And I know many families have gone through this as well. I could go into it. Uh, I may tomorrow go into some of it, but it's a, it's a horrific 
downward trend when hospitals give you hope and every time they give you hope it gets worse and and they continue to go down this path and it's it's very torturous to families to go through that but we all see this post-covid world we see and we want to be able to go to the the soccer games with the kids and and to go to the birth to see our kids unmask at birthday parties and school and everything and and i hope there will be some that will cling there will be some that will cling to this ever-present you know there are more pathogens out there, and they're 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 forever going to be a little messed up in the head about protecting themselves beyond reasonable, because they're going they're going to realize at some point in time that there are thousands of other pathogens, about eight thousand other pathogens at least and counting, that represent a danger to them in the real world and even in their own homes. There's just the nature of mortality, and it's something I just don't think we deal with very well now. <sighs> Got to get to the avocado story. I keep talking about it, but I can't talk about it. But so much poor people say, ah, you don't really have an avocado story. I do. I do. Uh, in fact, I'll get to that now because you may not have known this. So in the background, Mexico City, Mexico, Mexico has acknowledged, and this is from the Associated Press, by the way, has acknowledged, the state of Mexico has acknowledged that the U.S. government has suspended all imports of Mexican avocados after a U.S. plant safety inspector in Mexico received a threat. Not a lot of details about what that threat was. The surprise, temporary suspension was confirmed late Saturday on the eve of the Super Bowl, the biggest sales opportunity of the year for Mexican avocado growers, though it would not affect game day consumption since those avocados had already been shipped and were in the stores. So the ones you got in the stores are the ones, the only ones you can get are from pre-Saturday. They're going to go bad pretty quick at some point. They've got this whole free market thing, but once you stop it, avocado shelf life, not too long. Avocado exports are the latest victim of the drug cartel turf battles and extortion of avocado growers in the western state of Michoacan, not to be confused with Michigan. The only state in Mexico fully authorized to export to the U.S. market. Only one state in all of Mexico authorized to ship avocados. The U.S. government suspended all imports of Mexican avocados until further notice after a U.S. plant inspector received a threatening message, Mexico's Agriculture Department said. U.S. health authorities made the decision after one of their officials, who was carrying out inspections in Uruapan, Michoacan, received a threatening message on his official cell phone. The import ban came on the day that the Mexican Avocado Growers and Packers Association unveiled its new Super Bowl ad. And you saw that. The Julius Caesar, bunch of gladiators, fans outside, what appears to be a call set up, see them, and then they want to have some guacamole together, and how great it is. Isn't it interesting? The day after that, and it's completely coincidental, but the drug cartels, man, make no mistake, those drug cartels, they own the geography south of our border, and they own a great deal of the ge- geography just north of our border, and they certainly are masters of free marketing of drugs and fentanyl into this country. The fact that we turn a blind eye to our southern border, not we, you, me, the people listening to this show and other shows like this or other broadcast or sharing this concern as a former del rio and it, it was so hard uh, it was a part of my childhood i lived in del rio for a while but when i looked at you know del rio's sleepy town you would have never heard of it you would never have heard of del rio but for that bridge situation with thousands of illegals living under and and, and i know it, it makes the left's heads explode when i say illegals there's no such thing as an illegal person there certainly is of someone having an illegal status you're not a citizen you in New York, though they extended voting rights to people who are not U.S. citizens, they shouldn't have. But we have a nightmare down there, and it's it's endangering lives. It's endangering 
You know, and the number of people, if you were to consider a, a good sized North Carolina town that's coming across that border every month to, you know, one twenty percent of the of the North Carolina population every year, two million plus. It's an astounding and those are just that we know about. It's it's just it's an unfathomable number. And the degree to which the Mexican cartels control things. You know, you think, hey, we got Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. There we go. We hurt the drug cartels. No, no, no. You don't hurt a multi-billion dollar operation with one guy. They're not crippled. The war on drugs has been a dismal failure. We haven't we haven't secured the war. So, anyway, I don't want to bore you with that, but that's where we really are. The fact that you can't get, <laughs> you can't get, you can't, you're not going to be able to get, unless this changes. And so think about think about how easy it is for the Mexican drug cartel to just say, you know what, I want to stop U.S. imports of avocados. Hey, uh, just send, send a guy a text. Send him a text, tell him uh, we're going to kidnap him or something. That doesn't mean they're going to do it. I mean, I, I would take any threat from a cartel seriously because, you know, they'll, they'll just hang you on a bridge. The point is, Think about how easy it is for them to disrupt aspects of our economy. We already have a supply side problem when we have ships sitting off the coast of California. The, the Mexican drug lords have complete sovereign – they have complete ability to go across our border and back without fear of, of a lot of reprisal or being arrested because the Biden administration has said, Hey, ven aquí, por favor. Vamos a los Estados Unidos. They want, they're ready to go. Norteamericanos, they're ready to go. And they can easily disrupt any product from Mexico via a threat and that's and i know we've wandered a long way from the beginning of the show but those are the kind of i think democrats to rick's call earlier it's a we're a long way from november but right now the democrats i i don't know they're uncomfortable they don't have any any place that they any issue that they really feel comfortable even the 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 covid situation is not the mask mandating and 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 the lockdowns, that's not working in their favor. The vaccine that ended up being more of a thera- therapeutic than a vaccine, my mother was triple vaccinated. She's on a ventilator right now. So even that narrative has fallen away from them. The southern border is a narrative that isn't working for them. The foreign policy, the Ukrainian situation, by the way, I want to go to that, and uh, thanks to Ryan on that one. But uh, President Zelensky in the Ukraine addressing the nation says, we are told, quote, that February 16th will be the day of the attack. <laughs> They scheduled a war, and and they they, they know the day of the war. If you want to have a little bit of fun, on your own, on your own time, on your own phone. I was amazed. I was was looking at interviews with homeless people out, you know, around L.A. before, you know, they rounded them up, pushed them away. They'll all come back now. But they're interviewing, and they're like, why don't you go do something? He says, you know, one of the interviews is like, I do this by choice. I got $1,000 plus a phone plus all these other benefits. Why would I want to do anything? So if you have your your phone or your computer, whatever, your laptop, iPad, whatever you do to live, thrive, and survive and, and look at, at, at inane stuff, you can go back and look. I was looking in the break at the Leslie Stahl interview with Donald Trump, you know, where where he was asserting that he was being spied on. And Leslie Stahl was like, but we, we you know, there he says, why don't you look at this stuff? And she's like, well, it, it can't be verified. And he's like, of course it can be verified, Leslie. They found a laptop, referring to Hunter Biden's laptop. And she's like, it can't be verified. That's the media's instead of because it 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 confounds them. I mean, the Rachel Maddow, Rachel Maddow went on a tear about this. Don Lemon and and former and now disgraced CNN guy Cuomo. All of these people, uh, Brian Stelter, so many of them, just they just wanted to believe whatever the left fed them. So instead of being curious about stuff, instead of going, you know what, this 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 thing sounds suspicious at best. 
Why don't I look into it a little further? Why don't I just ask some questions? A curious media would have asked some questions, but instead Leslie Stahl, a prof- consummate professional over at 60 Minutes, that can't be verified. Did she? Did you? You know, the, the real question is, Leslie, did you try to verify it? Did you go out there and look to see? And it starts. And the problem for the left on this is, you've said everything that Donald Trump said is a lie and it's wrong. So when you start finding out that it wasn't, it leads a lot of folks to start looking at the other things that he said and he wasn't so wrong about. And if you wonder why a lot of the stuff that Donald Trump says doesn't go away, it's because parts of it keep becoming real. And you start going, wait a minute. He did know some stuff. He wasn't wackadoo. I had the good fortune of interviewing on Election Day in North Carolina 2016. And it was just a fascinating interview. At the time, we didn't know he was going to win. It was kind of a big upset surprise for everyone that evening. But having interviewed a lot of his family, it was just an interesting perspective. When I asked them, you know, what the main difference, I was talking to Eric Trump one day. I said, what's the difference between your father and Hillary Clinton? It was just during the campaign. And he said, there's a big difference between someone who signs the front of a check and someone who signs the back of a check. What a profound, simple statement. There was a lot of other interesting things he said about the way he was raised and how it's, yeah, I asked him why they didn't get in trouble. Why did all these rich Trump kids get in trouble like Lindsay Lohan, the, the Hilton sisters and stuff? And he said, it's, it's hard to get in trouble when you're tired. They worked them to death. They went to school and then they went to construction sites and they all did that. They had a very, very, very strong work ethic in that family, whether you like them or not. It's the truth. So now you look at the Rachel Maddow clips, you look at these, these, these are laughable clips in light of the fact that all of the, what they said was wrong and inaccurate and untrue. Will there be mea culpas? I doubt it. Will there be some people that will, will start talking about this on the left? Yes. Is it going to grow and become more problematic? Yes. It's undermining the Biden administration every minute that this goes on. Now, I, I alluded to a tweet by Zelensky, president of Ukraine. Now, I, I, I don't envy the position he's in. I don't know how much of, of a lot of this is being fanned by our administration in D.C., by the Biden administration. It's like, hey, we need a distraction. I hate to think that, but the way they've conducted themselves – I am put in a position where I think anybody with a, a curious mind, anybody with a curious mind should look at these things, should ask, because you have to wonder. So Zelensky, an unenviable position, Russian troops massing on the border, controlling their port of entry, getting and making their economy tank. He says, and, and did this about an hour ago or so, maybe two, President Zelensky addressing the nation says, we are told that February 16th will be the day of the attack. We will make it the day of unity. On this day, we will hoist national flags, put on blue and yellow ribbons, and show the world our unity. So, and J.D. Rucker retweeted and said, wait, there's an invasion that Russia has scheduled? And and the Ukrainian defense plan is to wear ribbons? Is this kind of a made-for-TV war? This is all kind of wackadoo to me. It's just very strange. I mean, truthfully, Putin's a... He's a sharp guy. You may hate him. I saw someone a long time ago during the Obama administration saying that Obama was extremely bad at being a good guy on the world stage and that Putin was extremely good at being a bad guy. And and, and nobody in their right mind schedules an invasion and makes an announcement about it. You don't tell your enemy. It's like in chess, you wouldn't tell the opponent what you're going to do and where you're going to do it and when you're going to do it. You just don't do that. And so to think that they know the time, the date certain that this war is going to begin, that would be foolish because that would just lead to more casualties for the Russians. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Unfortunately, we're left to believe because of the, the free fall that this Biden administration's in, you, you, you have to be suspicious about the activity and the, the way in which they may be fanning the flames of this unfortunate situation. Now, another one I wanted to leave you with today. 
It's from your ATF, from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, verified their HQ. And I just, it's hard to believe that this is actually a Valentine's Day tweet. So we started with Valentine's Day. We're going to end it this way. Valentine's. I, it, it, <laughs> I tell you this, you're just going to crack up. This is their tweet at 8 o'clock this morning. Valentine's Day can still be fun even if you broke up. Do you have information about a former or current partner involved in illegal gun activity? Please let us know, and we will make sure it's a Valentine's Day to remember. Call 1-888-ATF-TIPS or email ATFTIPS at ATF.gov. Got an ex who, and then there's a big ad with it. Got an ex who buys or sells guns illegally? We would love to meet and treat them to a Valentine's Day surprise. It, it, that when we when we uh, when we got into the COVID situation, we told you that the left likes to turn neighbor against neighbor. It's a very ugh, pre-war Germany thing, turning neighbor against neighbor. Where's Anne Frank? That kind of stuff. That that's a really kind of un-American thing to do. Now, if you see something, say something. That's fine. In, in, in illegal activity, so but to be, to, you know, you know, a great way to to go after your exes is just maybe they you don't know anything about their gun. Maybe they never bought a gun in their life, but you can just say, hey, hey, I think they did. Go go bust them in. Go bust them up. Just a bizarre way in which you want to turn people against one another. It's just unbelievably bizarre to me. So turn your name. But by the way, the best response to that tweet so far, the first one was uh, someone said, you mean like this guy? And it's a picture of Hunter Biden with the illegal gun he had. <laughs> it, it isn't amazing. If you or I did a third of the stuff that Crack Pipe Hunter did, we'd be under the jail by now. We would just be buried. It's it just an unfathomable situation. So appreciate you guys joining us today. Chad, I'm sitting in for Pete Callender. And I tell you what, uh, much more to go on Winter Bowl Show next here on WBT. We'll be back tomorrow. Much more to go. Your phone calls, conversations, thoughts. And you know what? So much is going to happen between tonight and tomorrow and your phone calls. We're going to have a blast tomorrow. So do stay tuned, as always, WBT, for all of your needs. It's the go-to station. Have a great day, folks. (laughs) 